Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. One of the problems is admitting that we need other people. And that's a pride thing. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we're sometimes too proud to admit that we need help. But the fact of the matter is we need other people in our diversity. And we need other people in our diversity so as to function in unity as a healthy body. This is In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. One of the beautiful things about being part of the body of Christ is that God has created us for community and relationships. Pastor J.D. shares the truth that we need each other. We can't grow and thrive on our own apart from other believers. As we serve each other in humility within the church, this leads to a healthy and impactful community. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 4 with part 1 of his message, Why We Need Others. Our text today is going to be chapter 4 in Ephesians and verses 7 through 16. The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit to the church in Ephesus and says, verse 7, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, verse 8, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, verse 14, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, verse 16, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So I want to talk with you today about why it is that we need each other as the body of Christ. Here in our text, the Apostle Paul explains 
just how important every single one of us is in order for the body to function in a healthy way. Just as with our bodies functioning in a healthy way physically, so too do we all play a part in the body of Christ functioning in a healthy way spiritually. That's what I want to talk about today. This is why Paul, in our text today, draws this comparison and in so doing provides us with an understanding of how we're all different parts of the same body. We're all different, yet we're all a part of the same body of Christ. We're all diverse in our function, but we're all the same in our unity. And perhaps more importantly, we're all the same in our importance. That's the problem. And I want to talk about that here more in a moment. Last week we um, talked about how that there's unity in diversity, which is where we get our word for university. It's a university made up of people that are very diverse, yet united. Unity in diversity. And when it comes to the body of Christ, no truer words could be spoken. I mean, I look out at you, as is my privilege to do here in this wonderful church, and I see such unity. Uh, you're all very different. You kind of look different too, but <laughs> but there's such diversity, yet there's unity. Because we're one in Christ, as Paul mentioned prior. One body, one Christ, one baptism, one spirit. We're all one, though very diverse. Paul here details three key reasons. I found three, maybe you'll find more, but three reasons as to why it is that we really need each other. One of the problems is admitting that we need other people. And that's a pride thing. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we're sometimes too proud to admit that we need help. But the fact of the matter is we need other people in our diversity. And we need other people in our diversity so as to function in unity as a healthy body. One thing that I just absolutely love about this church is that we are of one mind and one accord. This is a healthy church body. And that's why I often say, <laughs> quite often I say, that it is my privilege to be the pastor of such a church. I hope you know that most pastors cannot say that. And the ones who do are very few and far between. I heard a statistic. It's actually been updated. It used to be that 1,500 pastors a month, a month, left the ministry. Now it's up to 1,700 
pastors a month, every month, leave the ministry for one reason or another. Let's look at our first one. It's in verses 7 through 10. And it's simply that all of us, every single one of us, have been given one gift, at least one gift. We've all been given at least one talent, if you prefer. Here, Paul begins by writing that each one of us has been given gifts as Christ apportioned it when he descended and then also ascended. Let me just mention briefly that he's referring to the fulfillment of a prophecy that's found in Psalm 68 verse 18 about how Jesus first descended into what was known as Hades. It's also a fulfillment of Matthew chapter 16 verse 4 where Jesus said the only sign for a wicked generation is that of Jonah being three days in the belly of a fish as he would be three days in the belly of the earth. Here's how I see it and here's how I'll say it so that maybe it'll be helpful to you. I know it was helpful for me. I see this as Jesus purchasing the gifts that he's going to freely give us. I mean, that's maybe an oversimplification, but that's what he did. He purchased us when he went to the cross, was crucified, then buried, and then descended into Hades, and then resurrected from the dead. Now, this is foundational because it ties into our second one in verses 11 through 13, which is that the gifts we're given are to equip God's people. That's the purpose. Though not exhaustive, Paul mentions many of the gifts in his other epistles, but here he's listing four of them. I see them as the four legs on the table, so to speak. But the common denominator is that the purpose of all the gifts is for the works of service. Why? So the body of Christ may be both built up and grow up. That's the purpose of the gift that he's given you. As such, he gave apostles. Again, these are only four, not exhaustive. Prophets, evangelists, and the pastors, teachers, in order to attain both unity and wholeness, fullness. I love how one commentator delineated it. He says, the prophetic ministry is a guiding ministry and refers to those who speak the word of the Lord in the spirit. The evangelistic ministry is a gathering ministry and refers to those who bring people to the kingdom. The pastoral ministry is a guarding ministry and refers to those who protect the flock from the wolves who seek to destroy them. And the teaching ministry is a grounding ministry and refers to those who ground God's people in the truths of his word. Well, this brings us to the third one in verses 14 through 16, which is that we're all joined together and even held together 
by every supporting ligament. Again, using this comparison to the body physically, so too are we joined together spiritually as a body as well. Paul is describing what a healthy and whole body that's joined together in this way will actually look like and function like. You know, we talk about in our families how, well, I I was raised in a dysfunctional family. I have yet to have anybody come to me and say, you know, I was raised in a very functional family. You were? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) Wow. But in a way, I think we're all, you know, dysfunctional in that sense. But when you understand it and see it through the lens of a healthy body, then what you understand is this. When a body does not function in a healthy way, they have a word for it. You know what it's called? Cancer. That's when parts of the body attack other parts of the body. Cells in the body don't function correctly, and they malfunction, I guess for lack of a better way of saying it, And that is an unhealthy body, and that's deadly. And I suppose in some ways you could carry that metaphor as far as you want into the body of Christ. I find it rather interesting that the Apostle Paul would refer to those who are immature, young in the faith, being vulnerable to those who are cunning and crafty and deceiving, that won't spare the flock as he cries out, he says in Acts 20, he cried day and night for three years, knowing that after he left, there would come in from amongst them, in their midst, these wolves in sheep's clothing that would not spare the flock. Dare I say that that is a spiritual cancer, and left unchecked, it will be deadly. That's how serious the stakes are, and that's why Paul is emphasizing what he's emphasizing here in our text today. He's saying that a healthy body will no longer be like that infant, immature, tossed back and forth by every wave, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the deceitful scheming of crafty and cunning people in the church, in the church. Instead, he says, a healthy body will speak the truth in love as a result of our maturity and unity joined together and built up as each part does its work. And please don't be dismissive of that last part about each part doing its work. Because absent each part doing its work, it ain't going to happen. I know that's not proper English. Don't email me. May I trouble you to join me in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. I want to read verses 12 through 27, and I think you'll see why here in a moment. The Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthian church concerning the body of Christ. Listen to what he says. 
He says, verse 12, just as a body, the one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, <laughs> I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be very freaky. Okay, that's, he doesn't say that. That was, I added that, but whatever. So if the, <laughs> the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? We need the ear. The eye needs the ear and the ear needs the eye. The hand needs the foot and the foot needs the eye. I mean the hand. They, well, they need each other anyway. <laughs> okay, maybe that'll be better second service. So he goes on. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, verse 20, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand. <laughs> Talk about freaky. How weird would this be? Your eye says to the hand, I don't need you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, really? You don't need me, huh? <laughs> okay. I don't want to get too far off here, but... I mean, it's kind of a humorous passage, isn't it? I mean, just the imagery of it, how, how ludicrous it is, how ridiculous it is. But that's the point. So <laughs> the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. That, that would be fun. <laughs> I don't need you. Boom, down you go. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, listen, please listen, are indispensable. Indispensable. Maybe that's a word for somebody here today. You are indispensable to this body of believers at this church. We need you. You have no idea. We need, you are indispensable. Yeah, but I'm just like the armpit in the body of Christ. We need the armpit. Yeah, but sometimes I stink. I know. We have deodorant. <laughs> but we need the armpit. <laughs> it kind of holds the arm. Is that too, is that too much? Maybe a little bit. I could have used a better one. We need you. Yeah, but I'm like the big toe on the body of Christ. Do you have any idea how important your big toe is? 
Do you know that if you didn't have your big toe, you would not be able to walk correctly? In fact, I was uh, looking back in some of my archive notes when we were in 1 Corinthians, and if I'm not mistaken, something like 40% of the body weight is placed on that big toe. Okay, you're the big toe, we need you. Because <laughs> you're going to carry 40% of the weight of this body of believers here in this church. You are indispensable. Indispensable. He goes on, verse 23, and says, And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division. Division, (laughs) there it is, in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Think about the last time you were hammering a nail and, and you hit your thumb. What do you do? The whole body comes to the aid of that. Oh, ah, oh, we're trying to comfort, ease the pain. Do you imagine if the you hammered your thumb and your mouth goes, ha, ha, that's what you get. <laughs> Take that. Again, I know it's a little much, but you get the point, right? That would be a very unhealthy body, right? Something's very wrong. <laughs> so equal concern for each, each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part, and I love this, rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Whether or not you think that you're significant or not, it has no consequence. That's the problem, and that's what I want to talk about in our remaining time. This is the problem in the church today. Many a Christian has resigned themselves to this notion that they're inconsequential, they're insignificant, and as such, unimportant within the body of Christ. And I think we do err greatly when we mitigate the magnificence of those who serve so faithfully and tirelessly ministering in obscurity and anonymity. Community is so important to a growing relationship with Jesus. We weren't meant to walk this Christian life alone. God has blessed us with spiritual brothers and sisters, all imperfect people serving a perfect creator. We will find ourselves in times of trial as we deepen our faith and follow Jesus. So we need to have a community of believers to lean on. Your church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. In turn, you provide the same for them. Have you found a group of Jesus followers that you can invest in? If you're in the Kaneohe area and don't have a church, we would be more than happy to welcome you into our family. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. 
You can find out more at our website, InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Before our time is through with you today, we want to tell you how you can listen to more editions of In Spirit and Truth. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Join us next time as we continue in the book of Ephesians on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true